Welcome to our Triune Pod, where we prepare you to praise. I'm the Reverend Nick Comiskey. And I'm the Reverend Ben DeHart. Join us for a conversation about low-key theology, lived experience, and outlandish pop culture as we break down the collect of the day for the coming week. We hope it's an inspiring, maybe a bit irreverent, but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some God time. Welcome back to our Triune Pod. Nick here. Ben, how are you? Nick, I'm well. I've seen two movies in the theater. I saw The Green Knight and I saw Pig. I saw Pig too. Did you like Pig? I loved it. What did you think? I, lo- I loved it. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's a movie yeah. like it's about it's about freaking artisanal food in Portland. I mean, could there be a there's a platonic ideal of a movie with Nicolas Cage for people in our psychographic? Ben, it's perfect. Perfect. I think I had in mind. I think because you put it in there, not that you meant to, but uh, I I did go in there thinking this was going to be like Nicolas like, Cage's John Wick, like Taken then, but with a pig. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, it's not like that. It's not like not that. at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, super artistic, super, I mean, yeah, I don't know, but I watched it on my TV, probably not, but it was great. Yeah, that's great. That's a great way. That's a good point. I mean, you've been raging these last few days, man. You're like, you're, every time I, every time I see you on Instagram, I'm like, wow, your life is so much cooler than mine. Just, you know, give me a, give me a snapshot of the last five days of life with Ben DeHart. Oh man, I gotta be really careful here. Uh, it's mostly just been because I've been following my friend Adrian, who we mentioned in previous weeks around and. That guy, if you're hanging out with that guy, like there is never a dull moment. Like we'll even talk about, we're going to have a chill day today. We've been kind of like going all day, all night, but then something inevitably happens or he'll strike up a conversation with these people or those people. And then we'll find ourselves, it's 2.30 in the morning and it's like, oh, it's time to go home now. So I'm not getting into details. Nothing, nothing scandalous people. Yeah. Stop your worrying your about life me. is a lot more uh, newsworthy than mine. But um, you are shirtless, which is a, a Peloton thing. But uh, speaking of like shirtless uh, white guys, uh, did you watch Woodstock 99? I've watched three quarters of it and uh, I can't wait to watch the last quarter. Yeah, well, I mean, what'd you, so what'd you think of it? Like, are, I mean, yeah, what'd you think of it as a movie? And then what'd you think about the story that it tells and, and how it tells the story that it tells? Man, I think it's, I feel like I resonate with Gen X. Um, I don't know, like I, like those bands weren't necessarily my favorite, like the Limp Biscuits, the Metallicas, the Corn. I, I knew they existed. I kind of appreciated that they existed. Um, I kind of wondered too if if like when we grew up at that time, if bully culture was at its peak because of everything they were saying in the documentary about like people are angry and yada yada, but. I came away from, you know, the 90 minutes that I've watched, um, essentially having the opposite reaction that I think they're trying to get. Dude, I exactly. I was thinking exactly. I would go to this if it were next year. I mean, look, so we have to say one thing, obviously, uh, and, I, and I don't want to make a joke out of this, like people who were legitimately assaulted, you know, oh, that is, of course, like, that's not like, oh, no big deal. That's just rock and roll. That's not what, of course, that's not what I'm saying at all. But um yeah, for people who haven't watched the documentary, it's about what's Suck 99, obviously. And but it's told, at least some of the talking heads really narrate this decline from early 90s grunge to bro new new rock with Limp Biscuit as like the archetypal bro new rock band and kid rock and corn. But what really threw 
what was really thrown into sharp relief for me, and I don't think people that are like 25 or under just honestly get this. I, and that sounds old man front yardy, but it's true. Like music used to be dangerous, hmm. like, and rock and roll was dangerous. And that's dope. Like, yeah. you know, setting something on fire is destructive, but it's also cool. And like <laughs> crowd surfing on plywood is cool. And, and like, and raving I just, all night. That's cool. Yeah. Like Moby, <laughs> dude, Moby is just such a tool. Like, oh my gosh. I'm and, so glad. I was worried you were going to be like, you were going to side with them. No but way. No way. Here's the take I have. All of the people who talked, all the talking heads, all the commenters sounded a whole lot like my mom and dad. Exactly. 25 years ago, except who were Steven, all about except oh, Stephen Hyden. Music. Not Stephen Hyden. He's cool. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it just sounded like a complain fest. It totally uh, did. And like, what I don't get, I, I honestly just, I, you know, I grew up, I was born in 1985. So I really started listening to like punk rock music when I was 10 years old, you know, Southern California, it was just like in the air, skateboarding and no effects or those kind of punk rock bands. And there was such a clear sense of like, there's this dominant cultural thing out there, Clinton, you know, now what people call neoliberalism. And we're so against that. And we want to do something that's countercultural. And, you know, we want to break stuff, you know, to quote Fred Durst. Uh, and again, of course, that's adolescent and dumb, but it was like, cool as well. It's fun. And nowadays, this is what I like people that are 22, 23. It's like, what are they rebelling against? Like the countercultural is now the culture. The only way to be countercultural now is like to be like on like 4chan or something, which I don't think is good either. But it's just like, it's just a weird, I just, I don't know. I, I of course, of course the misogyny and the um, and some of the kind of toxic humor and language is not something I, I like and want to celebrate, but the like, yeah, man, rock and roll is dangerous. Like we, we don't have that anymore. And I kind of miss that, you know, I mean, now all the bands that I love are just like re are just basically New York times op-eds columnists, <laughs> you know, like that, that that's, they have the same viewpoint as like the most important cultural institutions today. And so it just makes it like, you know, the times has changed. That's fine. But like, it is, a, I, I find it kind of destabilizing to like, I don't even know what it would look like to be kind of like countercultural today in a way that like I would want to be. Anyway, we're talking about this too much, yeah. but. I think, I think though, uh, my takeaway from it is that our, our current milieu can't last forever. Like something like this is coming back. Yeah. Like, oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's a yeah. good point. Um, so well <laughs> dude let's just skip the colic and just like just kind of offer some microwave yeah. takes but hey if you're listening to this like check it out and let us know what you think because maybe you have a completely different take but uh oh i mean all of your watching. all of the new york listeners are gonna like hate this but um it's, anyway uh, yeah okay uh this is we're gonna go through proper 14 uh which is the collect appointed for this coming sunday and the prayer goes like this. Grant to us, Lord, we pray, the spirit to think and do always those things that are right, that we who cannot exist without you may be enabled to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So right off the bat, we're praying for the spirit to think and do always those things that are right. And the spirit of this collect is less so on the thinking those things that are right and more so on the doing the things that are right. And that's made clear because later on in the prayer, we ask 
that we may be enabled to live according to your will. Now, I went to, Nick and I went to a wonderful Christian college that was all about forming a Christian worldview. I learned what I believed and why I believed it. And I was also taught about the universe next door or how people of other faiths or no faiths uh, come to, you know, why they live the way they do, what, what's their supreme motivator, et cetera. I appreciate this. This was great. Um, but essentially what I think that this collect is doing is saying what we already know. We know people who think all of the quote unquote right things. Maybe it's you. <laughs> it's probably me. And I don't do them. Um, and so here we are asking to be enabled to live according to God's will. And I, I do like that the, the, the colic writers use, uh, grant to us, Lord, we pray the spirit to think and do always those things are right that are right. And I think that just kind of even more so drives home. We're not asking for the mind of Christ here. We're not asking, we're asking for the spirit, for the will to do those things. I think that that is intentional. What have you got so far? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I heartily endorse your critique of worldviewism. Um, the, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know so much if it's the problem with the language and the prayer. I know you're not implying that it is, but it's like, I think the, the notion that you can, that there's this part of yourself called the brain that thinks mm -hmm. things as like in a worldview sense or in a propositional sense that is like, that can be divorced from your affections or from your disposition or your character. I think that that division is what's just like alien to the Bible and alien to the Christian tradition. And it's, you know, over the majority of its history. And so it's, it's not that thinking the right things and having the kind of a developed and cohesive worldview is wrong. It's just that it's like, it's downstream from a much more basic kind of orientation uh, towards the spirit, you know, in, in Paul's language, you know, in Romans chapter eight, having your mind governed by the spirit, not governed by the flesh. And so by the, because of the way that we kind of exist in this like head heart dichotomy, you oftentimes have to use this language, but it's like, yeah, I think what's on view here is being engrossed or being captivated by the things of God and, and, and therefore not being engrossed, not being captivated by um, the things that are not in accordance with God's will, which is not, you know, it's worth underlining, not reducible to like immorality, right? I mean, like in your context, Ben, and to, to a lesser degree, mine, people are engrossed and absorbed by like their career and wanting to be successful. So very ostensibly moral people can be just governed and dominated by things that are not in accordance with God's will. Um, and yeah, not that necessarily that's a problem that the colleague is dealing with, but my, my, my point is that what we're asking for here is this kind of basic heart disposition that is captivated by the things of God, by the things of the spirit. And that is therefore, we're just kind of like a compass, you know, we're just our true North is the gospel. And that's just where our, you know, where, where things are oriented towards. Yeah. So somebody once told me, uh, he gave this scenario. He was like, you know, say you go to a New York City cocktail party. This could be a rock Raleigh cocktail party, Austin cocktail party. And uh, what, what do you do when you don't know anybody? You ask them, you know, what do they do? Um, if you want to get to know them a little bit more, you might ask them, oh, what do you, what do you think on something? But what if, I mean, we'll never do this because it would be awkward. Uh, but what if 
you kind of started off by saying, what do you want? Um, I want success. I want security. Uh, I want, you know, you fill in the blank. Uh, we would, it would be awkward, but we would really get to know people. Uh, this would, this is who they really are. And, and like you said, this is not, you know, this, uh, uh, dichotomy between mind and spirit so much. I think you said that really well. This really is about like, help us in our whole being and like the, the biblical sense of the heart. Um, yeah, I found, I found that to be really helpful. Well, dude, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's do it right now in real time, man. What do you want? What, what are you after? Yeah. What if I start that with the sermon this Sunday with, so what do you want? <laughs> or here's what I want. No, let's, let's hear it though, man. What, unearth, what do I want? Unearth your, the kind of structural loves mm. of Ben DeHart's soul. Yeah. Ben DeHart, man, I, I am definitely a security craver. I knew you were going to do that. Yes. Um, but at the same time, uh, where that kind of Enneagram thing breaks down, well, maybe it doesn't, but equally, I want to have fun. Like, I just hate being bored. Um, I think that what I, other people would view it as like they're, they're chilling out or we're just taking it easy or whatever. And I love chilling out. But if I am not having fun at least two or three times a day, I'm a mess. <laughs> so what do you want, Nick? <laughs> well, okay. I feel like we should, we should gospel orient yours and then we can gospel orient mine. So what does it look like for Ben DeHart who kind of, who wants security um, but also wants, uh, so I think you're definitely, is that a six wing seven? Is that right? Am I speaking the That's right language? That's what the Enneagrammers would say. No, um, no, no hate. No, 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 not at all. So like, what, what, what does it look like for you and knowing, you know, your unique wiring to like have the spirit to think and do always those things that are right? Like, how is that mm -hmm. kind of heart motivation? Like, what does that look like under the influence of the spirit? Yeah, actually, I mean, it's helpful for realizing that like when I preach, Oftentimes I'm projecting, I'm preaching to other people who crave security. Oh, so I mean, it kind of, of course, <laughs> realize like, okay, there are people who come at the world with different motivations, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I, I think for me, my prayer is always, or like that, that verse, you know, do not be afraid. Uh, that is a verse for me. That is uh, the call to be faithful, the call to do the things that are right. So often I find myself either wanting to or actually cutting corners, compromising my values, uh, to be liked, uh, to essentially be able, like, oh, Ben's a great guy. We'll keep him where he is. We're not going to rock the boat here. And sometimes for me, I think doing those things that are right or being able to live according to God's will is to take a few risks. What about you, Nick? It's good, man. That's <laughs> really good. Yeah, I mean, I think um, my deepest motivation redeemed or unredeemed is like i oh well I'll, I'll, i think people think of me as like oh you're just like a fun loving guy you love like adventure and like thrills and, and that is true but i, I mean, think that's why i'm coming to rally in, in this month. <laughs> yeah that's true i think though what i actually i think deeper than that is and this is a little embarrassing to admit but i i want to be cool like i want people to like look at me and see me and be like oh no that guy is like cool like he's a deep well he does crazy things he's thoughtful he's interesting like my greatest fear let's put it negatively is to just be like as the kids say basic it's just to be boring you know like and the idea of like oh nick yeah he's solid he's a neat guy he's like kind of lame 
but you know, heart of gold, like that's my worst fear. <laughs> and so uh, that desire to be cool or to be, to, and frankly, to be perceived as cool is um, my greatest idol. So yeah, I think oftentimes the gospel, it's sometimes, you know, sometimes I think God redeems and like, like, uh, like, you know, alchemy, you know, turns those things into gold. But sometimes I think the gospel is like, you know, to use language from like Martin Luther, he doesn't satisfy your desire for glory. He extinguishes your desire for glory. <laughs> and I think the, um, the way that like the theology of the cross would like cut me is like, yeah, you don't need to be cool. Like you can find your identity and you can find that sense of depth in Christ. And it is like by being in Christ and being like engrafted into the purposes of Christ and his kingdom, that's where you derive your significance and more than, you know, being kind of in a junior high way perceived to be cool. So I feel like that's the, you know, the spirit to think and do always those things that are right so that we could live according to God's will. For me, a lot of times it's like, okay, Nick, this isn't about you. This isn't about like people perceiving you to be a certain way. You're just like, I mean, as cliche as it gets, you're just a nobody who points to somebody, you know, like, I think that that oftentimes is what I hear or perceive God to be saying to me. Yeah. And as tried as it's probably going to sound, if God were at that cocktail party, Nick, he'd say, I want you. <laughs> oh man. Well, we're just, we're just freaking, we're firing wow. today. Well, wow, that's God. free. Our, our triune Enneagram. Uh, I think, I think season two is, uh, is upon us. No, we're not doing that. Can't wait. That's yeah. Good. Well, the only other thing I want to add yeah, though, please. is like, if you're tempted to turn this into, you know, what we mainliners like to do, what we Episcopalians, what we Anglicans like to do, because we're not like the Presbyterians, right. Who live in their heads. They think the right things always. Um, I think we have the equal and opposite error. We, we love doing the right thing. And we know we're doing the right thing. And we think, you know, thinking the right thing doesn't really matter. Why would the dichotomy, it's just like an equal and opposite dichotomy. These things need each other. We need to know what we believe and why we believe it. I've harped on that in the past and also do it. But yeah. the way that's going to happen is, you know, for a heart transplant, our wisdom. 100%. And rant. <laughs> God wants you, listener. He wants you. Let's pray. Grant to us, Lord, we pray, the spirit to think and do always those things that are right, that we who cannot exist without you may by you be enabled to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. about that episode of our triune pod now that you've been prepped for praise won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review we promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming so be sure to join us for another episode of your new favorite